coverage. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Welcome back to the Friday panel on Tip Today. Phil Prendergast is with us, uh, Richie Malloy, Councillor Richie Malloy and Carl Clancy as well. Now, I spoke to Garda Heron this morning about uh, the problem of undocumented refugees coming in uh, to the country. It's estimated 40% of international protection applicants who arrived in Ireland between January and November last year either arrived with no passport or with fake passport. Uh, it's leading to unrest, as you can imagine, uh, protests around the country, huge uh, fear, infiltration of some of these protests by the far right as well. So, how should we be approaching this? Phil, do you want to start this uh, for me? This is becoming very, very controversial and it's of grave concern to people. Oh, it is, of course, um, Fran. I suppose, you know, when we, we have an expectation that people are going to be all legal and coming here, they're coming here for a very very real reason which is war in their own country mm. and they are in effect trying to make a new life in, and a new start leaving everything they've ever known behind them um, so when we say false passports or false papers or whatever I can understand the rationale behind that if it was me that had to run away from Clonmel and get my family out of here I think you'd do whatever means were possible to get away so the fact even that that's a tagline in a statement that that you know that that means that we have a different cohort of people coming here that are in desperate need i think there's there's a few in in groups that are protesting the fact that there's any refugees coming here there's another few people who have a concern because there's other industries here, like the tourism industry, that's very badly affected when the available um, accommodation is gone through the valid roof. concern. A very valid concern, mm, yeah. and I'm not saying for a second. Um, but there's also the whole thing about the costs now of of accommodation, the costs of eating out, the costs of there's no there's no longer any such thing. I mean, the the whole COVID thing has has put. Um, the costs of everything has gone up so much. I'm not just saying COVID. I'm, I'm talking about timelines. The costs of eating out, go out for your breakfast. What was maybe seven fifty is thirteen. Mm. It's it's almost doubled. That's fine if you can afford to do that. But for the for the refugees, I think the message that we had sent out was you'll be welcome here and we will look after you as best we can. We now have where there's fractionation of where the refugees will go and say, if you're talking about refugees out in Clarehan, they'll say, well, we don't have room for people out here. We have no facilities. Our schools can't take them. If we're talking about putting them down in Lismore, they can't take them there because obviously there's a problem because they want the hotel for their tourism mm. industry even if there's no tourism industry as such at the moment and it's the most beautiful place by the gorgeous way gorgeous place without Absolutely. a shadow of a yeah. doubt I love going there so there, there's a whole there's a whole series of misinterpretations and misinformation but what I would say is I think we have to remember why those people are here right Okay, and I mean, Mac Michael McDowell was out very quickly yesterday to say that you know no other country would do this. If you tried this on in the United States, you'd be getting short shrift. Uh, there, he also described our immigration system as completely ineffectual. Um, 
do you not think that there should be more sort of care taken in the airport at that particular time and maybe luggage searched and all of that because it appears that some people are hiding their passports because they don't want their to be identified? Well, I, I see there there's... I think myself there should be some degree of being able to read that someone has documentation that has an official seal on it, like a passport does. Mm. There, sh- there should be some means of being able to check that out. Um, certain people's luggage, I suppose if people are coming into the country, there should be more scrutiny on what might be coming in in case something is a harmful substance or they're bringing in stuff that, mm. that would be illegal in this country, like drugs or like maybe... What, there's many things yes. that people could bring. There should be a scrutiny that perhaps we're not given to others, but it should be done in a sensitive way that kind of... And there would have to be nearly right. a whole hanger but, opened but, up to that. But the way that your luggage would be, and my luggage, would be checked as well. I mean, you know, that's the natural thing at a, an airport. Oh, well, I expect that at an airport. Yeah. And in fact, I, I dress for the airport so that there's too many things I don't have to take off. My poor husband every time he goes in he has two hips and every time he goes in he's over and the gun is out on him and he's he's like someone going beep, beep. every part of him. I, I, I hope you have a video of that. Oh, uh, Carl, what are you making of this? Because it's becoming very, very divisive and people well, are taken to the streets. We've got with two strands. Mm. We've got genuine people fleeing war. Mm-hmm. And we have opportunists yeah, who are it. getting here. Mm. Now, it seems to me that if you're fleeing a war in Ukraine, we should well be able, as uh, customs people, be mm. able to walk in and say, where did you come from? Mm. Well, I came from Poland. How did you get there? I drove from Ukraine. Okay, we can we can take this as read that you are Ukrainian, you speak Ukrainian, you speak Russian... And you've come through Poland to get to Ireland. If, on the other hand, somebody comes to Ireland and they say, well, I'm Ukrainian. Well, where did you come from? Uh, I came from Poland. How did you get there? If they can't say where they came from, I'm sorry. If you've got no documentation, then we're going to have to hold you till we find out. Mm. Same way as they would do in Australia, for instance. That's right. Right. If you've got fraudulent documentation... 90% of that weight should be on putting you on a plane back where you came from, unless you can really prove that you are coming from where you say you're coming from. And by that, do you speak the language, do you know the history? The same way as they do in America, when they ask you about where you're coming from, your reasons for being there, where who you are to start with. They want you to verify your own nationality. And... I don't see any problem with doing that. I don't see that that's a problem. I think our major problem is that we have bitten off more than we can chew. We don't have the resources. We don't have the resources for the 11,000 homeless people in Ireland, let alone 70,000 that we're bringing in. Uh, And it's not that we don't want to. But I was in Dublin on Wednesday night. I was at a a, a gig and um, I was walking down the, the street with my partner and she said because there were a lot of uh, homeless people and junkies, addicts, on the street. And she said, you can give money to two of them because I know you and you'll just keep on giving money till you have none left. And I said, well, fair enough. So I did. I gave money to two of them. And it struck me that she was right. I could give everything I had in my pocket and it wouldn't have made a damned difference to the majority of them 
and I'd be left with nothing. So we have to take care of the people in Ireland, take care of the people we can who are coming here from war-torn countries, get them out of direct provision and out of centres into jobs, rental accommodation and make them taxpayers. Make them be the same as us and let them work here and live here. But we can't because we don't have the resources to do any better. And what about this, Richard? Because Garda Heron basically said to me this morning that we have to continue doing this because we're obliged to do so. Now, that's actually inaccurate, because, and I'm, I put that to Garda, I'm not saying it behind his back, because we can opt out or opt in to that particular obligation at, at any period of time. Uh, certainly that's my reading of it anyway. Um, have we gotten to the stage where we've done what we can? Absolutely. I think, you know when the whole Ukraine war started and the whole narrative was we must open the doors mm. and everybody was for that. Mm. And I'd say whether the majority just didn't realise this war was not going to be over in a month or we just chose I think that not that's to what see it. Was, it. Yeah. You know, not to, to kind of face the facts. And the popular narrative, you see, is to say we're the Ireland of the welcomes and mm. on and on we go. But I can tell you as a public rep, housing is the number one thing mm. every day somebody is on about housing and invariably the Irish person starts off with saying now I'm not racist I'm not against but, but yes. I've been on the list for many many mm. years now what's happening now and so on and so on mm. and you know you can really sh- sense their frustration and I think if they don't if the government of the day whether my own gut feeling is is it that our own leaders want to be seen big men on the world stage mm. that we're doing all but you this. didn't you see that in the doyle yesterday yeah I mean, it's pure crazy, isn't it, really? When, when the, you'd imagine even uh, for the constituents going to the clinics that it must be getting back to government that we're, we're, we're gone over the top completely. Now, if you said that at the start, you'd feel that you'd be drawn on all but this hate. 60% of Irish people think that there should be a cap on numbers. Yeah. Now, that was last year when I think there was about 40,000 people <laughs> in. You know, now yeah. we're up to 70, over 70,000. And this all leads back to what we were saying about the nursing homes, the health boards. You know, when we really, it's as clear as anything that we cannot manage it ourselves mm. for such a small country of 5 million yeah. people or whatever it is. Phil, I think you disagree with this, do you? you? Do you believe that we should continue on to... It's not that we should continue on, but I think we, we need to have a better system. And like like Carl has said, um, definitely to ask people where did they come from? Mm. Mm. How did you get here? Have have an established fact that somebody, there there are, and it's always been the case, where there's going to be rogues will get into this country Good. under the cover of yeah. being a refugee or being, uh, you know, discommoded or being whatever, and they're here and they can they can glib their way through mm. it and get, get by. But there has to be some degree of organisation whereby, like, again, as has been said, that we, we're not able to accommodate the homeless people that we have. Now, there's various reasons for that because they break down into subsections of people that do not want to be homed, that prefer to live on the street. It's mm. not safe for them to go into a hostel. They know someone went in and was killed or they died or they had a drug overdose. There are people that are addicts and people that are not within the services or even able to avail of the services. Like, we can remember back to the good old days when we had St Luke's and the night of the road could rock mm. in there, could stay in there for a couple of weeks, get get fed up, get get all their tablets, get whatever they want, get their hair cut, get washed, get shaved, and they'd go off then again on their merry way until they'd reach Carlo and they'd have to go in there for a couple of weeks. When we had the psychiatric services that actually catered for people that didn't really, they were nomadic in their, their way. Yes. But what we have now is 
we have the people that they're exploiting. There's a few of those people, right? We have the people that genuinely have a need and we have fine young men, as I would see it, walking into those ports and I'm thinking, why why are why are ye not Mm. back at home. But they're not being questioned in some way, you see, and it's yeah, not being again, investigated. Again, there, there, needs, yes. there needs to be an experienced set of people that it's not just perfunctory where it come from. Let's have a look yes. in your case there. Sure, anybody can present but is this not to be, why, why didn't we put this in place a year ago? You know, because I think there's an innocence. I think there was, and I, I think there was a genuine belief that this is going to be a three-week wonder. Yes. He's, he's sabre-rattling. Right, okay. He's not going to do this. Here we have now <coughs> America and we have the UK and we've all, Germany, we've all these people selling these right. zipplins and leopards and all, I don't know what they are now. The, the, all the tanks. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just so that I don't get mentioned in dispatches at the next council meeting, could we point out very carefully that uh, the houses in the Tipperary uh, local authority jurisdiction is not going to refugees? No, and, uh, I mean, that, no, we were assured again, yes. you know, Car at the yes. last because you see that can be the perception yes. that everybody's coming in is getting you know you'll often hear people they're getting a new house they're getting a car mm. and you'd say would anyone believe these things but people do believe it so it has to be said several yeah, times okay. over that that's definitely not, not the case Okay because I don't want to get into trouble again <laughs> at your council meetings um, we only have about four minutes left but can I get to this because again it's something we discussed this morning which is that the Tonish Demi Hall Martin has signalled support for a decriminalisation of drugs saying the war and drugs is not working, go on. And there must be legislation of drugs in this country. Is it time, do you think, Carl, for, for this? And uh, uh, with your, your background in terms of counselling and the like, I'd love to know your opinion on well, this. I'm going to start with a, a comedian quote from 1984, a guy called Bill Hicks. There's a war on drugs. That means there's a war being fought and the people on drugs are winning it. <laughs> mm. Um decriminalising is not something that we should just turn on a tap and just say, right, there you go, it's decriminalised, um, carry on. It's If we're talking about cannabis, which is the, 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 the one that they're talking about decriminalising, mm. if we were to take that and create medical licences for medical cannabis use, then fair enough. If we were to have farmers who grew medical cannabis and who use the byproducts for biodiesel, for mm. paper, for insulation, for pulp, for fabrics, for all sorts of other use, then great. We are a generation away from being responsible enough as a nation to decriminalise fully. Because under the age of 23, it's been well proven that the effects of cannabis on the limbic brain mean that psychotic episodes and schizophrenia are more prevalent. That's me, who is a, a fairly liberal kind of a, a chap at the best of times. Under the age of 23, the use of cannabis is more dangerous. Over the age of 23, it's far less dangerous mm. in terms of what it will do long-term to the brain. Okay. So, but is that on par with alcohol, which is legal, by the way? Uh, alcohol is the most commonly used drug in the Western world and it's called a central nervous system depressant. Right. So it's our drug of choice. It's our numbing agent for the world. And it's not that it's on a par, but you're always going to have people who are more susceptible right. and less. And as I say, I only have a couple of minutes. So what are you saying to me? Are you saying yeah I'm or saying, nay? I'm saying that we cannot fully decriminalise. First, we have to start a culture where... 
the medical use and the responsible use, the same way as we did with sulpidine, right. has to be... Okay, Richie, I was kind of surprised that it seemed to come out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, he said that he was um, uh, calls from backbenchers on this and the like. I mean, did it surprise you? It did surprise me because I I think anyone, you know, that is a parent. A parent's biggest nightmare is the whole drug culture Mm. that's out there. And, you know, it's interesting what you say, Carla, but, you know, under 23, it's education would be more in line. If you ask me, I wonder when the government makes a statement like that, is it just like a smoke screen, just get you off on a different tangent? Because saying that, like it's almost saying we're thrown in the towel now, we couldn't manage it, so, so off walk you go. away. Right. And yet, you know, I mean, the dangers that are there, especially for, you know, young teenagers and that. And in the schools, while, you know, obviously every school is going to be against the drug culture, but it's educating youngsters to realise probably that. And even when you say that, I wouldn't have known that now, really that someone under 23 is more likely to have brain damage, we call it, than the over 23. So th- it's more... Edu- I, if I right. were talking from, to the government, it's education in the schools that they but have... But you, you know, that. Richie, you're out there and you're hearing from people, I'm sure, the, the situation at the moment is not working. Oh, it's definitely People not. don't know what they're getting, they don't know no. what they're buying. I think that's and, the biggest uh, problem, That's, that's though, the friend. biggest thing. Yeah. They, they, is that the issue? They, the limbic yeah. system, as, as Carol has rightly said, um, the development before 23, it's... Sub, there's What the, is that? That's the growing brain, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's all it's all the, the networks and how, how synapses occur and all the rest of it. So uh, cannabis is one of those... It's, it's one of those drugs that seems to cause terrific relaxation and mm. fierce mirth for some people. Mm. I've never had cannabis in my life. I would love to try it, mm. but not smoking, because then I'd be... And if you did, you probably wouldn't <laughs> inhale anyway, like, like, like yeah, other right. politicians. Right. But I do believe that um, the medicalising of cannabis for the use of, say, children that have extraordinary difficulties where it's neuromuscular disorders and where they have difficulties with pain and maybe epilepsy or uncontrolled mm. convulsions and stuff like that has a great use and it's it's done yes. under licence. But you know then that you're getting proper stuff. Mm-hmm. What happens now is that you could get cannabis. It could be mixed in with anything including rat yeah. poison. It, yeah. it is... It is but but you have the ridiculous situation of the the cancer uh, victim uh, up in court because she grew her own cannabis to alleviate some of yeah. her symptoms. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's I, you see, I think again, you're 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 taking a sledgehammer to crack a nut when somebody is doing something for their use that gives them a quality of life. Yeah. For some people, if you take away that outlet that they have, they might be looking at that river with intent because yeah. they might think, I I am completely completely suffering yeah, at with my this. Wits end. All right. Okay, so is that is that a no to decriminalizing? decriminalizing. It's not a no to decriminalizing. Okay. No. Right. It's I would be saying that there's a there's a series of there's a series of processes I think to go through. I mm-hmm. think in the case of medical um, a yes. need for cannabis. That, but but that an should, overall decriminalization you would you would not. I, I I wouldn't say I wouldn't do it Fran because I think that we have to we need to have a system okay. that's trying to, and there would be models in other countries that have, you know, that they would know more than perhaps we know. Although we we have a world wide web now, we can we can know everything <laughs> we want to know. But Fran, I'm just saying that yes. I think we're not winning the battle. Where there's people taking drugs in this town, and we don't know what they're taking. Yeah, and yeah. people are presenting with psychotic episodes, and there there's you're not going to get blood work that's going to show you that they have this, this and this, okay. particularly if it's cut with something that we're not expecting. All right, I must leave it there. So to Phil and Richie and Carl, thank you very much. Super panel today. Thank you so much indeed. The winner of our month's um, free leisure centre 
um, is, uh, let me see, it's, uh, I can't even read it. Oh, Ian Lunigan from Cashel. Well done to you, Ian, on that. That's it for me. Emma produced, Ali looks after her content, and uh, Stephen is on the way. And I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Enjoy the bank holiday. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.